0: hey everyone we are back for another episode of f the nice guy and we have been spending a lot of time talking about the nice guys that we dated or liked but there are so many different types of nice guys so i have brought back my lovely co-host and amazing cousin kate <laughs> hello Kate. Hello again <laughs> we hey. can't stop talking okay <laughs> We're similar and thus uh, we have so many similar stories. Yeah. Um, Chichi Chatty. chitty Chatty. But we were talking and we realized how many stories we have about workplace nice guys. We both have some pretty good boss tales. So I had a boss that basically was my mentor. So for a long time, we were super, super close and never had any issues. Total nice guy sweet guy, nicest guy in the room type of dude. And he was, you know, in his forties, I would guess. So it wasn't like father figure, but you know, that kind of like, you look up to this person in that way. So there was some shifts in personnel and that's when things changed and he was in charge of more and he got more stressed and he just started, like, we had a, a small team and it was a lot of younger people, like we were in our twenties and he just started hammering us, you know, and it got worse and worse. And I remember the day before we were in a meeting and we had a client that we like literally couldn't say no to. So this was a crossing boundary client and we had just had a horrible meeting. And I remember my chest got red because I, if I'm excited or nervous or whatever, I will get hives. Yeah. You can kind of see him now. Those fun anxiety hives. Yes, and they crawl up me like a creature. They'll get all the way up to like my face. I'm like, good, good, good. <laughs> so, so the meeting had gone bad. I'd gotten hives. I get a text from my boss that says, "You need to come in an hour early." Okay. And like, it's not <laughs> right. It's not unheard of, but it was odd. And I asked why, and he completely, completely refused to tell me why. Which. Looking back now is not acceptable. Like you can't ask a young 20 year old girl to like show up to work when no one else is there and not tell her why. And like, you also can't have me come in before
1: your scheduled hours Yeah, before
0: my (laughs) scheduled hours. Anywho. So I was like, all right. So I come in there not knowing what's happening, quite honestly. And I get in the room and this man berates me red face. I don't remember like. It was so long ago, I couldn't tell you the specifics, but basically it was my fault the meeting had gone bad and I was completely unprofessional and this is why this happened and how I needed to change. And this meeting that was completely caused by a client overreaching boundaries was blamed on me solely. Like I was like one cog in this huge machine and it was me and he was screaming so bad at me. And the only reason he stopped after about like an hour was that another coworker came in and saw him and that's when he stopped she walked past and she was like what is going on in there and that is when he stopped i just remember being like so sh- like shaking i was like shaking and he just like let me leave the room finally and again it's like the idea of being alone in a building there's nobody else on the floor While your boss is screaming at you, no one else is there to regulate it. Is this real? Well, (laughs) it's like you can't even accept what's happening to you. when someone's like an adult man is just like, "Ah," and just in your face. So it was, none of it made sense. Thank God my coworker came in, but yeah, up until that point, there had been a downfall, you know, from him being the nice guy
1: to this stuff. But it was crazy. Funny how uh, there's a lack of accountability there, too, when somebody's finally witnessing his behavior that he clearly knows is wrong, Mm -hmm. which is also why he wouldn't put it in writing to you when you asked uh, why you needed to come in early because you don't want to leave a paper trail when you're doing something you know is sketchy. (laughs) Well, that's that's crazy because I wouldn't have even thought about that. Like all this
0: like it's been years and I never thought like because I was I was like, why wouldn't he tell me? Yeah, he didn't want. Well, how would he articulate what he was going to do?
1: Yeah. I want to come chew your ass for an hour. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I want I want to
0: scream at you. Yeah. I want yeah. to scream at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> come on down. Because uh, I, I remember I, I was talking to my wife and I was like trying to figure out like, do I go? Do I not go? I got out of there, you know, not too long after that. <laughs> but he did send me a, an a, an unprompted apology not too long ago,
1: which was- The minimum.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that- I, the thing that I always found so disconcerting about that is like, there's always the after, which is like, then they're nice again. And then of course they're twisting it immediately. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm really sorry that we had to have that talk. I hate to be that guy, but you
1: know, sometimes I gotta be the boss and
0: you know, that kind of shit where you're like, Oh my God.
1: And it's it's like like they when they rope you in and they got you hooked as, as believing they're the nice guy, they feel like they can get away with that you can just be like, Oh, (laughs) huh.
0: It's oh, fine. I brush, brush it, it off. Right up. Yeah. I'll go cry in the bath. We actually had the girls' room was constantly the cry room. The stress in this building oh. was yeah, we would just all be crying in there. Like one of us would come and like <laughs> like find another one. We're like, Oh, are you having a bad day too? <laughs> no, it was very toxic, very toxic work environment. Uh, and so stressful. But uh yeah, it's it's crazy. And like the the audacity that these men have to get close to you just to totally abuse in a work setting
1: Ugh. yeah i you know it's one thing to talk about guys you've dated who play the nice guy card but there's so many categories there's teachers co-workers bosses like
0: because you have a t- tell me you have a boss story right of kind of, of a major
1: i took a um right when i got out of college and moved to where my husband lived at the time we bought our first house and I took a job as a manager of a brewery and restaurant. And mm-hmm. my, my boss, who was like the head manager of the whole place was also like the head chef and he lived upstairs and I was just the front of the house manager. Um, And he like, just charmed my pants off upon hiring. Like there was no, no attraction whatsoever. Out sure. there. I was with my husband. It wasn't, it was never like that. This was yeah. purely like manipulation on a boss employee level. Yeah. Um, but he hired me and like, at the time we had just bought our first house, we were just starting out. Like both of us didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have an oven right away. Um, mm-hmm. and he was like, I'll buy you an oven. I got you. Like I'll oh get. He, he never did, but like, Oh, he started. never did. He never did. He always said, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll order it. And I was oh. never going to be like, Hey man, where's my free oven. So the benefit <laughs> of the suggestion.
0: So he gets the validation for doing yeah. it without doing it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just, um, yeah, I'll, it's coming. It's coming. So I worked there. I wasn't even there for that long. I think I was there for like four or five months, but he started off as this like, Oh, come upstairs for beers after your shift. Bring Aaron. like, then he started dating one of my employees. Um, Cause I was ew. in charge of the hiring and firing. He started dating her. They immediately got engaged. And then, immediately started planning a wedding and he was all like just the chillest boss and so much fun and he was always like yeah you can go home you don't have to count the till which was always kind of like the shittiest part of the job as a manager like that really mundane like money counting always stressed you out he would always be like just just go home and i'll count the till you know because he lived upstairs so just like a a cool guy to work for and then you know time goes on and he starts like just getting really short fused and he's Mm -hmm. like dating this girl And I remember this, this poor sweet waitress, she's like enamored by him and they're engaged. He's like, pick any wedding dress you want in the world. She picked like a $20,000 custom made wedding dress from Israel that he ordered for her. Oh my God. Supposedly. And then I planned her bridal shower at the brewery. Like this all happened literally within like three to four months. It was very rushed.
0: But they were just
1: in love and everybody just like, and it just, things started going downhill in like the last month and long story short, like it all collided in this big argument with something was happening where like the money was off. And um, I was like questioning it and being like, I'm not the one counting the money at the end of the night. Right. Like, it's been you. And it turned into this screaming match where he in front of customers at the bar was swearing and pointing. he was a big guy. He was probably like six, four and like almost 300 pounds. Like he oh looked my like God. a football player. And he was like, like screaming at me and like calling me names in front of customers to the point where like the male a couple of the couple that were at the bar like stood up and started to be like do you like do you need wow. help like yeah like are you okay yeah and it, it got really ugly and like that at that point i quit and then come to find out this uh later on he had been stealing like i don't know what the word embezzling he was stealing money <clears throat> from the restaurant from the brewery oh god um, luckily i didn't get pinned with anything because yeah, it, right. like, he was he was like taking like dealing with the till and stuff I never, I never got roped into it, but he is in prison currently for this right now. And like, as all this was unraveling and he was being like figured out because the owners were starting to figure out what was going on. And that's why he was getting so short fused with me about money. Um, when I was questioning things because I think he felt the pressure coming from all these different angles mm-hmm. I had no idea at the time I was just like why am I getting yelled <laughs> why are you Dude, yelling at me you're the one who sends me home early like, yeah his wife showed up to the apartment that he's living in with his fiance my <gasps> oh employee. my god wait he his was wife, married? yeah he was a a serial con man oh he had god. been doing this like across the country he had previous like aliases from different jobs and she showed up and was like screaming about missing child support he had children that his (gasps) fiance didn't it was this whole thing this big blow up this all happened like two weeks after I finally quit I remember calling the bosses who were like this super rich guy who lived in Iowa who's like estates away and and i was like i can't do this anymore and i left and he must have just known that i was like yeah. catching on and had nothing to do with it cuz i i never got like called as a witness i can't sure. believe it but thank god uh, yeah they got him and he's in he's in prison and he had just he had totally fooled this waitress into believing he was this amazing guy who would give her anything she wanted in the world that's what he they did me fooled yeah that i w- he was just the coolest chillest boss that would crack you a beer whenever you wanted like you know He would give me like free reign of giving away, like, you know, free drinks to people. Like I had, I had free reign at the front of the house and, and it was like, it felt like too good to be true. I remember in the beginning he was just like, and and I loved him. Yeah. We loved him. Well,
0: it's like you're beholden to them though. (laughs) Like they, they do so much and then either you're reliant or them or, or they can then look back on that and be like, yeah, but I did A,
1: B and C. Aren't you grateful? look at after all I did, did for you, the, the token line that they use, <laughs> it's like, so nasty,
0: I have a fun one that along the lines of cray cray, um, <laughs> so there was a guy who, um, was, uh, I don't care about this man, so I did improv, which, you know, big surprise, yeah. um, if you're looking to meet some interesting folks, uh, so, <laughs> That and, that and stand-up comedy. There's a plethora of personalities. Um, so yeah. this guy, um, he had a company that did improv, and it was a, it was like a, not so serious one. Like we performed and stuff, but we didn't. It wasn't like, improv is an art. Take it seriously. It was just kind of more fun. You know, it was just more fun because you like can. Michael get-
1: Scott on The Office.
0: Better than he- that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <I'm> just kidding.
0: <laughs> Michael Scarn. Um, no. So. It was a little more lax. It was a little more like, you know, people would drink at shows and uh, boundaries weren't as clear. But I started, I was 18. So, fresh out of high school, I was still figuring myself out. Um, And I started there and I got in that crowd really quickly and started kind of going upward. I was performing for them, like paid performance. I was teaching all that kind of stuff. So, while I was there, I met. So not the head guy that owns it, but there was like the guy right under who kind of was a producer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I re- I really <laughs> like him. Uh, no. So I guess he was a producer. So he was a very um, creepy, very sketchy, scary individual. It was very clear that he had some issues pertaining to alcohol, but I didn't quite know what that looked like at the time. And he was significantly older than me, but he even looked older than he was. So he would be, I don't know if he was 50 or so, around 50, maybe old enough to look at like, oh, like that's in my dad's category, you know You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like age range. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about you. I was still really naive at the time where I thought like men would be like, oh, you're that much younger. No, gross. <laughs> I have ethics. <laughs> no, no, no. You no. hit 18 and they're like, yes. Everything can go away. I know it's disgusting. It's like literally like the fact that one day before men are like, Nope, not okay. And then the day after they're like, I can do and say whatever I want now. Cause that number. Yeah. It's like disgusting. Thanks. Thanks for showing your true cards. there. glad, glad I found out as a gift on my 18th birthday. Um, anyway, so yeah, gross. I did not think he would be a problem to me. And he, he became a mentor as well because He was the one that was giving me access, right? Like I was going to all these classes. I was uh, becoming a part of their community. You know, that I started teaching and he was the one that did the shows and they were paid shows, which is a big deal. And he would cast me in almost every game and it would cause friction, but he, he, he championed me a lot. Yeah. So I felt like, even though he was weird, it's kind of scary. I was like, he's a professional mentor. And, you know, I really wanted one really bad at that time. Because when you're young and you're in whatever acting, improv, whatever it is, it's nice to have somebody who can have your back, you know? So I thought that's what was going on. A mentor, like child to adult, you know, mentorship. And then I'll never forget, we we were messaging on Facebook, which, Why? God, why <laughs> but he out of kind of the blue says flat out I am sexually attracted to you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: it's like jaw on the floor yeah, yeah
0: it was <laughs> and I was like uh, uh, you know yeah. I, and I was freaking out I, I am not <laughs> I, I am not you creepy creepy man you look like a you look like the human version of a vulture you're terrifying it was just like Meh. like he was once he was like get down to his underwear all the time for no reason and he apparently oh, no yes he was one of those and it's never the ones you want it's always the ones which, <laughs> like there's never like someone you're like oh, good it's always the vultures <laughs> okay Ew. waiting to at you. michael scotted you I would take a thousand Michael Scott's. (laughs) Michael Scott is endearing. This man was a freaking nightmare. I remember the point at which it really started to change. Now, I had divulged to him because this is kind of sad. (laughs) So, I'm bipolar or I have bipolar disorder. People say you should say that differently. Okay. So I had, hey, however you want, it's I know, disorder. I get it. It's fine. It's fine. But so I had told him this because especially in my younger years, I put a lot of trust in people around me because if, if I were to be manic or something, I don't see the things other people see them. So I had told him that. And I remember as I got closer, there were some guys that were our age or my age, not his age. <laughs> There are plenty of guys his age, but they're not the ones I'm talking about. They're young guys that I started getting along with and I I guess he got threatened. I don't know, but he started getting crazy with me. And we started doing like mentoring sessions that he wanted to do, obviously. And he he didn't have a car ever. And we ended up in a public park. My life is bizarre. So (laughs) we're at a public park and he's... He's mentoring me somehow, which I'm like, An improv is a weird thing to start with. And he was like, Hey, you know, like, I want to talk to you. I I'm worried you might be manic. I think you really need to look into that and start thinking of your behaviors, the way oh, you're wanting no. to go out the way. Yeah. So this he man,
1: weaponized your own he, mental
0: the health. issues. Yes. You. Yes. He weaponized yeah. it. And he, so I started being really paranoid. And yeah. so I would be dependent on him to check in when i really realized he was insane aside from you know every <laughs> every reason that was obvious um we did a show and i ended up dating a guy that was in the show there's another guy who was an a-hole but we were friends with him at the time we didn't know he was an a-hole till till later but um
1: he's they- on trend
0: <laughs> not on trend It's a, it's a great place. If you're looking for quote unquote, nice guys, please just go to anywhere. Someone's on a stage, musicians, comedians, improv performers. We got it all theater actors. I'm those. And I know that, that they're there. Any place someone wants attention. No. Okay tangent okay this is when we're doing the big show and it's a it's a well-paying show we're doing them a lot it was a big run it was super important to me i i adored this show these were like my great friends it meant so much to me he had put me in a very like he was almost every game casting me like it was it was a big deal which is what they do right they put you in a position they can take from you so those two guys that i was mentioning somehow I had texted him and I had said I was going out with those two to go do something. And he was furious that he was not invited. No, he was like 50. And he Weirdo. literally, he screamed at me, like screamed at me. And I I, I was like, I got to go. Like, I was like, i, I, I I don't know what you want me to do. And what, you know, went with my friends and I was like, I don't understand why that's happening. He made up some reason why I shouldn't have done that. But after that, he literally, the next day, he put me on probation for teaching. He put me on probation for shows. He put me on probation for everything because of that, because you hurt his feelings. (laughs) Yes. But he came up with some other reason. And I think he brought up my mental health again.
1: Oh, wow. And took it,
0: all of it away from me. Yeah, it was horrendous. I feel like I stayed there for a while because of the people and just knew he was a total creep and just stayed away from him. He creeped on other people. But it ended up, dun, 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 dun. he <laughs> was stealing money that whole time because people stopped getting paid. He was stealing money because he had a gambling addiction. There you go. So Those nice guys that whole time. And like, gamblers. yep yep and God. uh it, that's, yeah so he was an all-around catch <laughs> what wouldn't what wouldn't a woman want with that oh, aren't they all yeah just literal human garbage they fall under all
1: categories
0: <laughs> they do yeah. i think there's some like most of my stories are that age and a lot of my stories the men are older
1: yeah. I mean, I even, this is a short one, but just made me think of it. Um, triggered the memory. I had a, a driver's ed instructor. People, if people who know me see this, are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't care. He was not whole. He yeah. was like, everybody loved this teacher or whatever. Yeah. But because I, my dad was an insurance agent in town and I'm pretty sure insured him. I I don't even know what I did, but he again, called me into his classroom. That's what made me think of it when you got called into your early to work mm-hmm. called me into his classroom before school closed the door and locked oh. it <gasps> so that no other students could come in and then berated me for I don't even know what oh no I remember it was because he had given me uh a grade that I didn't agree with and I questioned him because I had actually oh, like, gotten them. yeah I questioned it and I was upset because I was working on getting a high GPA because I wanted to get into the college I wanted to get into yeah. or whatever like I had his goals so he like berated me. And I remember him saying like, don't think you're going to have an in with me just because I know your daddy. And it was like, i met what?
0: what, <laughs> I've got an in to... with
1: the teacher. <laughs> yeah. And he, oh, he was so mean. And I, people like love this guy to this day. People have these like great memories with him, but. That's one of the hardest parts about dealing with nice guys is that
0: most people don't know. Most people have never seen that side of them, and so nobody believes you. If you were to bring it up, people would be like, "Yeah, no, like, like you're crazy. You're crazy. You're dramatic. What do you do?" And it's like, it's so hard because you like can't tell your stories
1: because I feel like those people take their like the bare minimum and they skate along and they have everybody in their corner, yeah. but they don't develop deep relationships with any of those people, and none of those people get let in enough to see their true colors until yeah. they try to like get in a long-term working relationship with someone get in a long-term romantic relationship with someone and then that person sees their true colors but they have so many people in their pocket that they know that that person can't speak their truth because they're going to be the crazy one or the dramatic one or the nobody's ever going to believe them and that's part of their manipulation game it's so annoying
0: it's the narcissist 101 it's like yeah you get close enough to them and they see not not that all nice guys are narcissists but it's the same idea it's like If you get close enough to see it, either you're close enough that they feel like they've got you and then they can abuse that, or you wound them in some way that most people don't.
1: Yeah. So they're caught off guard or they, they see an opportunity to manipulate you knowing nobody's ever going to believe you because they have the reputation of being the nice guy with so many people that what is one voice in a sea of my friends gonna, gonna matter.
0: And that's why, like, that's what it's so important to have good people around you. Like your work is one thing. You don't really control that. You can control, I guess, where, like where you work in a sense, but if you have a horrible boss, like, what are you going to do about that? If you don't have the, a system in place or you don't have the HR or whatever, but it's in your friend groups in the people you hold near and dear, having the people that you truly trust. Like I have spent... <laughs> i'm only 31 but like i've spent a majority of my 30s just <laughs> leading people in that
1: circle yes, <laughs> truly
0: it's like can i trust you no matter what like are you there no matter what are you a good person do you care about everybody somebody's kindness should be measured in how they treat someone who can't give them anything how they treat someone when nobody's looking yeah. like that's how you know someone it's like oh but they're really funny you're like oh yeah they're an sometimes and now i'm at the point where it's like no i don't have the time i don't have the energy or space you want people around you that when you say hey this happened to me or this person's terrible they'll believe you
1: it's crazy how much of our energy we waste on like this kind of thematic and what we've talked about like how much of our energy we've wasted over the years being the nice person to people who didn't deserve that kindness yeah and how liberating it is to realize that you can still be that kind person to the people that it counts for but if somebody crosses you or breaks your trust or disrespects you how good it feels to like claws out (laughs) you know you you can use that righteous anger yeah exactly
0: like even doing this podcast I remember thinking I'm not even naming names like I'm going out of my way to like not Disclose too much, changing small details if I have to, to not put people on blast, you know? And I remember sitting there and being like, oh, I don't know. Like, is this mean to do? Should I not do this? I'm like, uh, it's not mean for me to talk about what they did. It was Your mean own for them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the point of this. Is like we've all kept so many of these stories. I think with the nice guy, like the a-holes we knew as they happened, we're like, yeah. that sucked, but we know what that is. <laughs> And now I feel like as I'm older, I'm like, wow, like that was shitty. That was shitty. That was manipulation. That person didn't actually care. And I'm at the point where I think it's important we talk
1: about this stuff.
0: We are attacking the men, but it's more so in the sense of sharing our story. You know? I was going
1: to say, sharing, attacking them in the sense of literally speaking facts about your own experience.
0: <laughs> so By attacking, I mean just yeah. saying actual things it's that like, happened oh, to they us. They
1: called me out. I've been called she, out
0: a podcast was made that just detailed things i did, <laughs> I did in things. real life oh that was that's... a secret no no uh, i feel like i feel like those were like little nuggets
1: <laughs> nuggets of hopefully
0: from our been... years of experience <laughs> we know so many that i we haven't even <laughs> touched the surface i'm sure we'll do this again because oh, lord yeah, knows we have a hundred more thank you so much for joining me again you're welcome I love having me. (laughs) I'll have you again. Obviously. I feel like we're a good team. Um, Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Kate, for joining me. Uh, Thank you for listening. And as always, F the nice guy.